Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We are looking forward to having some fun um, today. Today is Unpopular Opinion Day. And today I think I have a pretty unpopular opinion. But I think, I do, I think that if you, if you, if you hear me out, if you hear me out and you remove your preconceived ideas about what teaching is, how teachers should get paid, how teachers should be looked at in, in society, if you can just put those aside for just about a half an hour, I think that maybe, maybe you don't come to my way of thinking, but maybe, just maybe, you think, well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> you ever get to, ever get that way with, with people? Eh, that may be one way to do it. It may not be the way that you want to do it. It may not be the way that people are used to. That's for sure, because we do, as human beings, have this sitch, this this sense that how we did it is the perfect way to do it and the only way to do it going forward. And it may not be. You ever think? You know, we, we have these conversations about screen time for young people um, and and they should go outside and play more and all this stuff because that's the way. And, and, the, only reason, and the only reason that we do that is because that's how we did it. And our childhoods are were idyllic. So Sometimes takes a little breaking down of that and learning to put that aside a little bit and look at things how they are now and see the best way forward. Yeah, we I mean, we, we all talk about how cool it was in the summertime and, and schools out here that we used to get on our bikes and we used to ride all day and we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have pagers and uh, we could go in where we wanted. And our parents didn't really didn't really know where we were. Um, and the whole, you know, the street lights came on. It was time to go home or the porch light came on. It was time to go home. And we didn't get in any trouble. We didn't steal anything. We didn't rob anybody. Uh, you know, yes. And nobody got abducted, as far as we knew. You know, we never had a friend who went missing. You know, so, and we think about our childhood like that. 
and that is idyllic. And we want, you know, with with good intentions, we want the idyllic childhood for our, our kids. So we, again, tend to think that the way that we did things were the, it's the perfect way. Or our parents did things were the perfect way. Um, but that may not be the case. This may not be the case when we start talking about how teachers are perceived in the society, how they're paid in the society, because those two things go together. And what and, and how we should go moving forward. Now, this opinion will tear down a lot of the uh, the infrastructure around those things. But again, just give it a little bit. Just put aside your preconceived ideas. And you you may be a teacher now who's in the system, who's in who's in the system, and you are fully invested in the way it is now. And I understand that. I spent 15 years. Um, in you know what in the public school system here, and you're and you're fully you may be fully invested in how you're doing things now, but just can, can you put that aside for a little bit? Let's have this let's have this this conversation. Let me present some things to you, and you may think that this may again may not be the best way to go, or you think that this is maybe the best thing that you've ever heard, and when you share it with your teacher friends, it will make you instantly unpopular you're not unpopular already. All right, we'll take a little break. We'll be back with more of Unpopular Opinion uh, right after these messages. Hi, this is Willie Lawson. You know, with so much content whizzing around out there, there's only one storytelling platform that helps you keep calm and stay informed and inspired. It's Flipboard. Yeah, Flipboard curates the world story so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. When you see stories that you want to save or share, just tap the plus button and add them to your private or public collections. It's that simple. It's used by millions of people every day. Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. So get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com. In America... There are three proven ways to build wealth, business, investment, and real estate. All three seem to have high hurdles to jump to get into, but believe it or not, real estate is the lowest of the three hurdles, and multifamily real estate investing is the best way to go. From duplexes to apartment complexes, multifamily investing brings the biggest bang for your investment buck. My friends at Buy It, Rent It, Profit and the Landlord Academy are ready, willing, and able to get you going on the path of building wealth. Contact Joe Ebanks and Brian Chavis at buyitrentitprofit.com. Buyitrentitprofit.com.
All right. Again, welcome back to the program. We appreciate you being here. Um, if you do me a favor, um, a little housekeeping. Wherever you heard the program um, today, if you can send me an email at wls860 at gmail.com and say, just in the subject, heard the program on Stitcher or heard the program on Google Play or heard the program um, in a bus station bathroom, <laughs> wherever you heard it, be cool. I'd appreciate that greatly. All right, let's get to the thing. Um, the title of the program is that teachers should be should be free agents. You know, I, I'm in a Facebook group um, that has to do primarily Florida, but a lot of the conversation always, no matter what teacher comp group you're talking about uh, that you get involved in, it starts off with curriculum concerns or student behavior concerns or lack of parent parent um, involvement concerns, but it always rolls around the pay. It's almost like if they, if we got paid more, we'd put up with the rest of this crap. Well, it's been experience um, that um, more money doesn't always make the job better. It may make it easier to to stomach. Now, I'm not against making more money. As for, that is for sure. The problem becomes if you have a government job, it isn't like you could do, you can just do more and make money or be better even and make more money when you have a government job. And I think that a lot of times uh, teachers don't consider themselves government workers. So there's a dis, so there's a disconnect there. And this is, again, when I'm, as I'm unfolding this for you, I want you to understand that this is kind of what we're dealing with. First of all, teachers don't believe, for, you know, just generally that they work for the government. They work for the school district government that they are, you know, where their schools are. So if you are in Escambia County in Florida, and Escambia County is a school district, and in Florida, they do a school district by county. Um, in other places, they do school districts differently by townships or cities or whatever. Um, if you're working in Atlanta, you're working for APS, you work for the government of Atlanta. So you're a, you're a government employee, just like the, the person who answers the phone for county center or city hall. You're, you're, you're an employee of the government just like that. First of all, you have to you have to accept where you are and who you are right now. My opinion is that inside that you want to break away and be considered different, and I don't disagree that you should be. So what I'm going to propose is that teachers should be free agents. We hear about in this time of year we hear about athletes in, in football now, uh, and we'll hear as soon as soon as the basketball playoffs are or championships are over that there are a lot of players who were on one team and now their contracts have expired and now they are free agents, which means that they can um, shop their skills around to the other teams in the league. Here in Tampa Bay, um, Gerald McCoy, who was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just signed a contract to go to, uh, to play for the Carolina Panthers. And um, because he was a free agent, he was able to, to, to use his experience and his accomplishments to negotiate a contract 
for the Carolina Panthers. It's my thought that maybe teachers should be able to do similarly, which means no more unions. No more unions. Now, even now, the, the, the NFL has a players union. They do. But the players union do not, does not negotiate personal contracts. The union basically designs a, a, a framework, but the players themselves negotiate their, and their agents negotiate contracts. Everywhere there's a union, the union negotiates the contract. And every, that's why everybody gets paid the same, whether, frankly, they deserve to or not. And this is another unpopular opinion. This is going to be unpopular opinions, but you know what? If you've taught for any length of time, you know what I'm saying is true. Not everybody who teaches your subject in your school who is at the same step level that you are deserves the same amount of money. There isn't, there, first of all, there isn't any way because some people are, are effective and some people are not effective and doesn't have, and really doesn't have anything to do with how people are being evaluated. It has to do with if they're any good at the job or not. When I was at Florida State University, um, one of the professors there, Bob Duke, said to us that, you know, you could probably be, because uh, I was a music education, you could probably be a bad band director for 30 years. But as long as you don't mess with the money or touch any of the children, you, you, you'll be able to keep your job. You understand what I'm saying? Because of, unfortunately, that's how it is. Now, the, the person down the hall from you, maybe teaching their face off, getting all sorts of great results. But as long as you do the bare minimum and you don't break any of the rules, and you know what I'm saying, teachers, turn your paperwork in on time, keep your classroom fairly clean, show up on time to work, don't call in sick. You know, do all the perfunctory stuff of a good employee that teacher is going to be able to make the same amount of money that you do. So when the union negotiates a contract, they're negotiating the contract for everybody. They're not saying you, teacher, A, do a better job, so you should be able to make more money because you do a better job. The teachers that never stay after school, that never tutor kids, that never that, um, don't do all the stuff that teachers they do. There are teachers in, in your department who don't do any of that and don't have results and come in and come into the, the, the teacher planning area every day and gripe about how horrible the kids are and they gripe about how horrible the administration is. They gripe about how horrible the parents are. Folks, you know that I'm telling the truth. This is the stories that no one that, that never get outside the building. This is this is like um, the inside baseball stuff. This is like the locker room stuff. You just never tell people on the outside, you know, what, what teachers actually talk about when it's just teachers around, right? So, the, and, and, and why I have this problem is that you have unions that are negotiating contracts with, with everybody. In my world, get rid of all the unions. And now the teachers will be able to negotiate individual contracts based on potential for new teachers, and past results. Now, well, let's talk about new teachers for a while. You got no results, which would make your internships 
super important. Now they're perfunctory. Districts would have to um, redo how they do, how they do internships. They would have to make sure that the same things were being covered in everybody's internship that were germane, because that would give the new teacher a shot. Well, a shot anyway in your district anyway. So whatever things that you evaluate teachers on have to have some developmental program for, you know, for new teachers. And you might even, again, I'm breaking down everything that was there before. You might even have a program where you have a developmental league for new teachers. Because I'll tell you what, when you get out of college and you get in a classroom, one of the things that you don't know how to do is teach. <laughs> one, one, I mean, that's, that's, that's the crazy thing about you know, going into education. And again, if you talk to any teacher, now, you'll, now, I'm not talking about the people who comment on Facebook posts. I'm talking about if you get one-on-one with a group of teachers, they'll all tell you the thing that you, the, the thing that you don't know how to do when you get out of college and you get that first job is teach. That's what you don't know how to do. I know, I know what your um, title is. I, you, you know what you're supposed to be doing. You have an idea, but you don't know how to do it because you've never done it. And you've never done it in that environment. So you don't know what you're doing. You're following the example of other people. You're, you mean, you're outlining the chapters in the book that they gave you as well as you can. But actually teaching, educating is something that you don't know how to do. That's an on-the-job training kind of thing. And maybe we should have programs where you have sort of a developmental league so the teachers, so new teachers learn how to, how to teach. Now, here's the, here's the deal with that. Um, new teachers would have to come into a program where they might not teach all day. They may not teach six or seven periods a day. They may only teach two or three periods a day. And then they would have time to plan. And they would have huge amount of time as a plan and to be evaluated through that period. You understand what I'm saying? That the new teacher would be, would have more help getting started where they would teach instead of, again, instead of six periods, they may, they may only teach three periods. And then they would be evaluated and helped in those three periods. And they would be maybe in, in a developmental league, and I'm going to call it that, for a year or two years, depending on how well they do. Some people are going to come out of the gate and gangbusters and be friggin' awesome. Other people are going to struggle. But at least you give them time to get up and running, right? So when they have to teach a full day, five periods out of six, six periods out of seven, they have gone through some extra training some live fire training and hopefully they'll be better because that's what we want. Ultimately we, we want kids to learn and we want, and we need better teachers to do that. Okay. Um, and now they can negotiate contracts on their own. So what do they get paid while they're doing, while they're in the developmental league, some base salary, 
just like rookies do in the NFL, some base salary. That may be what the unions negotiate. That may be something that if you're not going to tear down unions, that unions can, can negotiate some base salary while they're in training, so to speak. So now after that, now they can negotiate their first real contract when they get off their rookie contract. Now I think contracts should be three-year contracts with the ability to, with the ability to, to renegotiate. Now, what should be considered in the, you know, in the negotiation? I like three-year contracts because it isn't just um, high-stake testing, because that seems to be the biggest bugaboo, or one of the biggest bugaboo. It is all the other things that matter, because every school situation is different. You have the hospitality schools in the good in the quote good in quote neighborhoods where parents are more involved and you have fewer discipline problems and and you and you, when you go to school in the morning you never see bullet holes in the, you know what in, in the glass and you know things things work things work better you have all the equipment you need all that stuff yes there are there are definite differences and. and no one is ever saying, I've never said that there weren't differences because, frankly, I've worked at both situations. I've worked at schools that were in, that most of the kids lived in gated neighborhoods. And I've worked in um, schools where a lot of the kids' parents were, were locked up. You, I mean, you get me? So I, so I understand that there's a huge difference, a huge difference in schools. So the ability to, to, after three years, renegotiate their individual contracts, those teachers know that it isn't just some high-stake testing that will determine their rate of pay. It's all the other things, including the intangibles. Now, why this is like sports, like free agency, um, because for a quarterback or a wide receiver – I'm going to use this as, as, as analogies. It may not just be the number of touchdowns they've scored. It may be the number of yards they've gained, the number of first downs they've gained. They've got the number of third down, first downs they were able to get. It may or may not have gotten touchdowns, but it certainly improved the quality of the team. It gave the team a chance to win. And sometimes you may not get the kids over the line but you may move them forward. And I've said this on other podcasts, you move the bottom quartile. The idea when I taught, especially for the more challenging schools, we've got to move the bottom quartile. Can we move them up? Can we take our, our lowest kids, our kids who are struggling the most, and can we, in a year or two years, can we move those kids out of the range that they're in? Can we track them and move them out of the range so they're more successful. That's what we, that's one of the goals that every school that I I worked in that had challenges like that, that was our goal. That was our mantra. Move the bottom quartile. Move them up. Get that first down. You know, convert that third down situation. So you have a chance. So now those kids have a chance to win. And that's the kind of stuff that you can negotiate in a three-year contract. 
have you been able to do that? What's your classroom GPA? What's your classroom management? Who did you have in your class? What was your classroom management like? You know, all of those, I mean, in, even in, even in the, in the toughest situations, um, you, you have teachers who don't have any trouble with classroom management. I mean, and the situation you have teachers whose classrooms are freaking best of situations. And again, this is more, uh, I'm pulling the curtain back and, and having teacher talk because any teacher who will be honest will tell you that what I just said is the truth. You could be in, you could be in the worst school in the city by the opinion of other people and kids come to your class and they are awesome. They are well-behaved. They're engaged and they're awesome. And you could be in the best uh, suburban school in your district where all the kids live in gated housing, you know, in gated communities, and they could be the biggest bunch of animals you've ever seen anywhere. Nasty, awful, disrespectful, completely incorrigible. It happens because kids, why, why kids? So classroom management is something that you now because it's really important to work on. And that first, in those development, developmental years or two years, that's one of the things you get to work on and get better at that you can't get better on at school, at university. And you can't really get better at in an internship for a few weeks. You can't. You have to play. You have to get out there on the playing field and learn this. Again, now you've got more than just a test score to negotiate your contract. Now, there may be a floor, right? But anything else that you can negotiate, you should. And you should be able to. And you should be able to. And that's one of the things that I think that that's missing. Because I've worked with really good teachers in really horrible situations that I make more money. And I've worked really horrendous teachers in good situations who I thought it was a, it was a travesty they were making as much money as other people. It was a travesty that they were even working in that environment. So I think it's really, really important that, that the teachers should be free agents. They should be able to negotiate on their own for as much as they could get. Yes, they. I have no problem with them pitting themselves, I'm pitting school, other schools against one another of saying, yeah, I was at um, Madison Elementary School and they offered me 75, 75 a year for the next three years um, and two conference, you know what, uh, two conference periods, what are you offering? Well, we can't, well, we're going to offer 70, 70 grand I teach five out of six, but you have no duties. And that may, that may be a big deal to a teacher. A teacher will be able to, if they're able to negotiate their own contracts, and maybe they can negotiate what kind of classes they teach, that empowers, and I love that word, empowers, that empowers the individual teacher. So we move out of this group thing that we all have to 
be all for one, one for all. For, when the fact of the matter is that 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 rarely exists in a school. That rarely exists in a school where we're all for one. Now it does happen when you're opening a school. I've been fortunate enough to be around two two situations where we're op- where you're opening a brand new school, and it's I'm gonna tell you it's it, it's cool. It is cool. I was kind of around when they opened um, Bloomingdale High School here in, in Hillsborough County, and I was a, a charter faculty member at um, Durant High School. And when you're opening a, a new school, it is one for all, one all for one, one all, one for all, all for one. Sort of, we're doing this as a team, thing, and it's cool. But after a few years, you get some people retire, some people transfer out, some people transfer in. You lose that; it goes away. So the, it, it it becomes less. New. Uh, that's kind of how it is. The idea is that everybody should be able to negotiate their own contracts because everybody isn't same. Everybody isn't at the same level of teaching. Everybody's not good at it. Or people aren't as good at it. You see what I'm saying? And there should be incentive, dollar incentives for performance. Dollar incentives. So, so okay, so you have a school that wants to pay you 75, 75 grand and teach five, teach five, out, of, five out of six periods or four out of six periods. Um, but the other school is going to teach you, who's going to pay you 70 and you have to teach five out of six and you have any duties are also giving you, giving you incentives to raise that bottom quartile. They may pay you an extra five grand if you can move the bottom quartile at some certain percentage and you can figure this stuff out. And that gives the, that gives the, the teacher some incentive to do what? Some incentive to work harder, some incentive to do the stuff they're doing that they may be doing now. They're staying after school, tutoring, getting parents involved, and all that stuff. So yeah, so you walk down a you walk down a hallway, and not everybody is being paid the same. So what you don't see is like now what you see, frankly, is people taking time off. I think that you would see less of that because the incentive would be not to take time off. The incentive would be to go in there and teach your face off every single day because if you move that bottom quartile, money on the way. You get that reward. Right now, I think teachers have been anesthetized to believing that they can't do this. And I'm thinking that that is horrendous, that they've been anesthetized to think that they can't do this on their own. Some of the students that you taught that may not have been your uh, the front of the academic class are doing this stuff on their own almost right out of high school, especially some top athletes who are talking to colleges and universities and trying the best situation for themselves, they're being trained on this kind of stuff. There's no way that you can't tell me that the average the average person teaching 
can't learn to do this. You got to get again. You got to get rid of the unions or or push or push down the the, the union involvement to maybe just the developmental um, base pay and maybe the regular teacher base pay. But everything else, pff, the unions. Teachers should be able to to be on three year contracts. Three year contracts. Right now, most teachers are on one year contracts. Three year contracts, and be able to negotiate their own salaries terms, their own classes that they teach. Do you have a duty or not? Do you have uncommon experience or two common spirits? If you get a promotion and you end up being a department head, that's a whole different thing, right? You should be able to negotiate that too. They may call you in and go, Bill, want you to be the math department head. Okay, so if you if they want you to be the math department head and you accept, that pretty much null and voids your teacher contract contract because now you have you have more and different responsibilities so guess what they've got to negotiate with you so you come to some agreement on on what you'll do as department head yes and i know this is this is the uh, the business side of it that that most teachers don't want want to get involved in right now nobody told you that you'd have to what people told you was that you know what i believe that children are our future and our teachers are helping our future. And some and how, somehow that it was everybody else's responsibility to take care of of your monthly bills and salaries when frankly it's never been that way. It's never been that way. And you and you hoping that someday it will be is kind of sad to me. Instead of just deciding that you're going to change the whole thing works. Stop tweaking it. Stop protesting and start start fixing it. This is how we're going to do moving forward. We're going to demand that I can negotiate my own contract. And this is what I want. Now you have to do some research. What's a what what's a five year math teacher in middle school in in your district What's the average salary? Are you going to ask for more? Are you going to ask for a little less to get the job? Are you going to ask for, going to ask for a little less? And have your teaching still be modified? What are you going to do? But you will be able to go in and negotiate this on your own. This is going to also shake up how, how, how administrations think about teachers. They're going to have to give you more of as a professional than ever. More as a professional um, than ever. It's, this, is, this is not a, a less professional attitude. This is a more professional attitude. Because if you go into a, you know, as an engineer, engineering firm, you just, uh, they go, well, the pay is $7 an hour. Most times, it doesn't take it or leave it. Most times, there's, there's, there's negotiation. There's purpose, there's negotiations, and that makes a difference. We'll break with back more of the program after these messages. Listen, um, this show would not be possible 
if it weren't for our affiliate partners. If it wasn't for people like Gary Knight at New Homes Tampa Bay. If it weren't like Kevin Batts at theredriverchronicle.com. So um, it is um, getting near the end of the month. So let's talk about the uh, Red River Chronicle. The Red River Chronicle is a um, is, is, is a website that is full of fantastic conservative articles, conservative um, educational tools. I think that that's the coolest thing. Spent 15 years in the public teaching in the public school system. And um, you know what? These educational tools are something that, 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 that you can use yourself, that you can use in, in, in a classroom setting, that you can direct students to, sort of on the sly. Because it's, frankly, I think the, the battle is just like that. If you are a, if you're working in the, um, the public school system and you're in a um, social studies classroom, I use social studies because it's the easiest transition. And somebody and a student comes to you and says, "Where do I learn more about conservatives?" Well, the very first place you should send them is not townhall.com, is not um the Russell and Ball site or 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 even the Willie Lawson show um necessarily. You need to send them right to the Red River Chronicle.com. Articles written in a scholarly way, um, primarily um, information about Oklahoma and Texas, but 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 from a very conservative standpoint. And you know what, Kevin Batts is black, so that helps your students because that throws away and destroys the left's picture of who's supposed to be conservative. So you can also, on that site, um, that, that student will have access to um, Hillsdale College Lectures, which are, I think are invaluable, absolutely invaluable. And there's also an app that they can purchase. I did. It's, it's all of 99 cent. I purchased it. It keeps you up to date with what's going on on the RedRiverChronicle.com website. That's the RedRiverChronicle.com website, um, the finest, finest in conservative information and education. All right. Again, thank you again for, for, for coming to the program. We appreciate it. I just had a thought during the break. Uh, what would happen if um, new teachers came into the district and um, schools had a draft? <laughs> I know that doesn't, doesn't seem like um, something that a lot of you w- would want to participate in, but they had a draft. You would sign, if you wanted to work for the district, you would sign up. And you would put all your qualifications in, and you would do, it, and you would do it, you know, a video, and you would have like a combine, and doing that combine, uh, you would have interviews with different schools in the district, and then at the end they would have this big meeting somewhere in a gym, and the the the, the school that sh- that struggled the most have first pick, 
and they would say, uh, with the first pick of the 2020 educational draft here in Meshuggah County, um, Meshuggah Middle School selects math teacher Bill Snyder. And Bill Snyder gets drafted <laughs> to Meshuggah Middle School. Uh, you know? And then, and then at that point, um, they would be able to negotiate the contract, and you would see uh, Bill Smith, who you know, Bill Snyder, you know, on the phone. Um, the principal would go, "Hey, hey, Bill, yeah, this is Larry from Michigan Middle School. We're going to draft you number one. All right, family around you. you <laughs> I'd love to see this model. I would um, talk about being feeling like you're being wanted. I mean." And the pressure would be on. Now, you would go into the, the same sort of developmental system. Uh, you'd be on the practice squad or whatever. And then you'd negotiate. You, you'd be able, that person would be able to negotiate their contract. You get what I'm saying? Can you imagine if it was like the NFL? You know? Well, the second round, the second pick of the 2020 educational draft here in Michigan County, um, Sarah Lee Elementary School, selects second grade teacher Beth Sweeney <laughs> from Florida State University, Beth Sweeney. How fun would that be? I, I don't know. Again, we got to think about, we have to think about this really. You know what? I think that if you're interested in making changes in the education system, you can't not make changes. You know, everybody's talking about we need to, we need to change, we need to change, but not making changes. What they're doing is, I mean, what they're doing is focusing in on the part they don't like, and they want that to either be better or go away. They're not interested in making wholesale changes. And the idea is there needs to be wholesale changes made. There needs, needs to be a par- complete paradigm shift in what we look at as public education today. And it may not be the the um, the charter school model, although some charter schools have been very effective and some charter schools have been a complete know what. It's because the paradigm of how schools and teachers and students and parents have not shifted. Some online school and people go, well, the future is online anyway. Well, not necessarily, not for everybody. And I'm a, I'm a believer that there will always be a place for classroom instruction, for human interaction and instruction. There will always be a place for it. Um, so the idea is that, so that's not for everybody either. So we're going to have to make that shift. We can't decide, well, everyone's going to learn online anyway. They're home. Uh, homeschooling and online is the, way, is the way forward. Well, not for everybody, not in every situation. So we're still going to have, in my opinion, the majority of students in some sort of what we now look at as traditional classrooms. So we're going to have to shake that system up and think about it completely differently. And this is just an opinion. This is just an opinion. If teachers are interested in making more money, they should be free students. They should take charge of their own careers and not leave their careers to politicians, not leave their careers to
to administrators, not leave their careers to, 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 to unions, not leave their, their career to people who may or may not have their best interest at heart. Take control of your own career. Take control of what you want. Ask for what you want. Now, you may go to that school and say, I need $100,000. And they may look at you like, ah, we're not paying $100,000. Well, you would ask, well, well, because each school would have a salary. And the principal, part of their job would be they would be responsible for negotiating that salary. They would be responsible for filling all those positions that need to be filled. They'd also be responsible for how much money was spent on teacher salaries, just like the GM does on a professional sports team. X amount, X amount of dollars, and this is how we, and this is how we divide it up, with uh, making sure that you at least go to the floor, the bottom rung of salary. Yeah, we got to think about this differently. All right, listen. Thanks so much for for listening um, to my crazy rant today. So until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, y'all take care of yourself. My name is Willie Lawson. We will see you when we see you. Bye bye now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.